How special. Good morning, everyone. You can be seated. Happy 240th birthday to the USA this weekend. Happy birthday. We celebrate our uh, Declaration of Independence. I wonder, do we have any Europeans here in our services this morning uh, who've come over uh, with educational homestay? Uh, They may be staying with us. We have about seven that are with our adventure family from Europe this weekend. Anybody in service that's that came? Any yes? Would you just stand? Tell us where you're from. Where? From Spain. Would you stand for a moment? Just stand. It's okay. Welcome her. Would you? We're proud to have you. Proud to have you. Uh, do you need an interpreter? Would you like me to invite someone up that speaks Spanish? Yeah, I, we have one, but uh, we would have to cut the sermon in half, <laughs> and it may already need that. It's great to be with you. If you're visiting, my name is Scott Matthews. I'm one of the pastors at Adventure, and uh, this morning we're going to be talking about freedom. And I can tell you, uh, I have never been more proud of our American flag than I am at age 48. I'm so proud of the sacrifice that Americans have made for us to be able to enjoy the freedoms we still really enjoy here in our country. Um, I'm proud. And I'm, I'm reminded of uh, our first president and his uh, character, uh, his commitment to our country, and his commitment to God. You're going to hear more about him today. That is George Washington, who said the following. He said this of our country's establishment. No people can be bound to acknowledge the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. (laughs) No people can be uh, bound to acknowledge the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. I was drawn to that metaphor, the invisible hand. It is a reference that comes from Daniel 5, the Old Testament. And it's kind of an eerie reference, because when the invisible hand uh, is referenced to in Daniel, it's, it's it's an alarming moment. When God was trying to warn the the son of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Belshazzar, God was trying to warn him that he was about to lose his kingdom. He was about to lose it all, because he did not honor God. Uh, He was not being reverent towards God. And so Belshazzar, this is probably 7th century B.C., was being warned, hey, you're not honoring God, and uh, your nation is about ready to divide. (laughs) Shortly after this invisible hand showed itself and wrote this inscription on the wall, Daniel is summoned to come and interpret it. He had a gift of uh, interpretation, and uh, he's summoned to come interpret it. He, He gives... Uh, Belshazzar, this scary prophecy, and uh, it all happens. Uh, Belshazzar leaves that dining room setting and dies. The next day, the kingdom is divided. The means, the Medes, uh, the Persians, take over Babylon, and uh, that country is now under a totally different rule. When I read that reference that George Washington had to the invisible hand, I thought, you know what? He knew something about how fragile. Uh, a nation really is. 
And uh, I appreciate his kind of commitment because I think that our country is in a very sensitive season. (laughs) It has been for years. But I, I tell you, let me tell you where I'm coming from this morning, my burden. My burden is that we've become a country that is uh, fearful of truth. We're afraid of the truth. We're afraid to communicate it. We're afraid to embrace it. (laughs) And instead of being afraid of the truth, (laughs) uh, excuse me, because we're afraid of the truth, what's happened is we've become courageous in our country over sin. We've actually developed this inner courage to actually do that which is vile. We've become applaud, applauders of people who do the profane. We've become fans of people who make a brazen, bold move to do something that's disrespectful, dishonorable, uh, instead of people who love the truth. Uh, we've become people who are afraid. And I want to tell you that our, hist- our country's history is founded by guys that had varying degrees of faith. Varying degrees of faith. They weren't all devoted uh, Puritans. <laughs> some of them were, had, had, had varying degrees of faith. But some of our, our stalwart founders were fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And one of them was our first president. I'll be talking about him more this morning. I think in our country, we, we are a country of the land of the free, the home of the brave, but our freedoms have been compromised. <laughs> we consider it, we consider ourselves free by really being, uh, and I, I've been raised in some of this, we're free if we have a, a big bank account or a couple homes, uh, a beach house, a, a cabin, a nice home. We're free if we have the cars we want, uh, but we still consider ourselves free though we're addicted to, to some drug or addicted to pornography. Uh, we're we're in, unable to control ourselves. In our homes, there's uh, spousal abuse. In our homes, there's, um, there's sometimes parental abuse. Uh, it's all covered by what we don't see. Everyone thinks everyone's free. You're, you got the nice car. You got the nice lawn, the nice dog. You get your trash cans out on time and back in on time so you don't get in trouble. But there's a lot of decay happening in the home. I don't think Americans are nearly as free as, as our first president intended them to be. And I want to talk about how do we, as Christians in modern day uh, society, and by the way, if you've noticed, I'm being careful about my wordsmithing. We don't talk about politics at Adventure. So if you're noticing he's holding back, it's intentional. We just don't here. So if you want to talk about politics, do so off campus. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I I tell you, the president I want in this next campaign is George Washington, if it's possible. (laughs) I I want to, this morning, here's where I'm going. This is the challenge today. I want to leave you with this idea. Here it is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's the challenge today. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Follow the Spirit willingly. It's one of our marks of an adventurer. We've, we've agreed that adventurers follow the Spirit. And that means we believe that the Holy Spirit has been given actually to all mankind. We believe the Spirit is with all men. But for a Christ follower, the Spirit is in us and upon us. And I'll show you where I got that 
in the Bible, luckily, not my own opinion. Open your Bible if you came with one, or if yours is on your smartphone, open up to John chapter 14. I'm going to read verses uh, 15 through 17. And while you're doing that, I, I want to uh, tell you that the question I'm going to answer this morning is, how do we renew this American freedom in our own country that our, uh, our patriarchs, our colonial patriarchs had? This spirit of Christ that I think led many of them, how do we renew that in a culture that, that is increasingly marginalizing anything that has to do with truth or even Christ himself? Okay, how do we, how do we live as Christians and, and be pleasant? and enjoyable to be with. I went to a fun 4th of July party last night. Really fun. Stayed three hours, which for me is pretty big. Melissa had an appointment, and I still stayed there and had a good time with my friends, my neighbors. Uh, I want to be a Christ follower uh, that is pleasant to be with. I don't want to be one of those, you know, non-pleasant ones. And uh, we have plenty of those to give away. Uh, So, how do, we, how do we live as Christians in this culture? That's what I want to talk about. John chapter 14, I'm going to read verses 15 through 17, and we're going to see about spirit-led living. Here's, in a sentence, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. <clears throat> Here is what Jesus' co-worker John wrote, his beloved co-worker John wrote. Uh, John knew he mattered. <laughs> And uh, this series in John is all about the fact that we matter, and we matter enough that Jesus gave us himself as a promise. Jesus said this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Boy, I want to read this again, because this is, this is the whole real cornerstone of today's message, and perhaps a cornerstone teaching on the Holy Spirit. Uh, John writes, The world cannot accept him, referring to the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus' teaching on the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And uh, I tell you, when you are experiencing the Spirit of the Lord, it's really quite overwhelming. John here exposes a truth about the Holy Spirit. It's, it's threefold. One is that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also known as the Spirit of Jesus Christ, lives among not just believers, he lives among non-believers. Sometimes we think when we're with someone who's maybe antagonistic against truth or a Christian doctrine or the church that they're just not at all exposed to the Spirit. No, no, no. The Spirit actually is present on earth around believers, (laughs) devoted believers, and devoted (laughs) non-believers. He is present, and he's there to open people's hearts for the truth. He's present. The Spirit is the truth. He's with non-believers as well as believers. But what's unique is this. He's not only with non-believers and Christians. Uniquely, he lives inside of believers. That's what John wrote here, that Jesus said he'll be in you. He lives in you. God has taken up residence in your soul. (laughs) The truth lives in you. You are the living body of Christ. He lives in you. 
And then we know from after the resurrection of Jesus that the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Uh, He is with us. He's in us. But after the resurrection of Christ, the promised Holy Spirit has come upon us so that we can be witnesses, so we can testify, uh, so we can, the original word is worth saying, we can martyreo. (laughs) It's the word from which we get martyr. We could share our faith. (laughs) And in some parts of the country, experience martyrdom. Excuse me, some parts of the world, not in this country. Uh, Pray that never happens. Uh, But the Spirit, it comes, it's with us, it's in us, and it's upon us. Uh, The Holy Spirit gives us this tremendous sense of, of company. You're not alone when you have the Spirit. When the Spirit is with you, you don't feel that sense of loneliness. Uh, One fun example, I think, of how a football athlete was feeling lonely. Uh, Steve Young, when he was quarterbacking for the San Francisco 49ers, he was really struggling to see Jerry Rice, his wide receiver. Uh, It was a struggle because Steve was only six foot, six foot one, and he couldn't see over the offensive line, which probably averaged at about six five at the minimum to six nine. He couldn't see Jerry Rice. And so uh, his coach, Bill Walsh, said, hey, just throw the ball. What's going on, Steve? Throw the ball. And he said, I can't see Jerry. I can't see him. He said, here's the deal, Steve. We don't care if you can see Jerry. You know where Jerry's supposed to be. Throw the ball where Jerry's supposed to be, okay? If you're not willing to do that, we'll find another quarterback who will throw the ball where Jerry's supposed to be. Steve immediately corrected this problem and was just throwing the ball. Most people never knew. He couldn't see Jerry. Make sense? (laughs) Here's the point. When you've got Jerry as your receiver, just throw the ball. He's there with you. Here's the deal. Let her whirl. When you have the Holy Spirit, like Steve Young had Jerry, you're not alone. You can have great confidence in the face of that which you cannot see. You can have great confidence when you feel blinded. You can be very confident about whatever's daunting in front of you. It reminds me of a classic story in Second uh, Kings chapter 6. It's about Elisha. Elisha. I'm pronouncing it E-L-I-S-H-A, not Elijah. Elisha was the successor of Elijah. Uh, Elisha was that guy uh, who, he reminds me a lot of Jeremy Jones, our associate pastor who's on vacation at Disneyland. I'm so happy for him. But uh, this guy, Elisha, when when uh, God told Elijah to go anoint him, he actually was was working ox, uh, a, a bunch of ox, and uh, was tilling land, 12 of them at the same time. Can you imagine what that looked like, 12 ox? I don't know, three rows of four, uh, six rows of two. I don't know what that looked like, but that's a lot of ox. And uh, Elisha was actually working this, this team by himself, and Elijah went up to him and said, hey, I want you to work with me, and uh, he... He literally, he said, all right, and he, uh, he butchered all 12 of the oxen through a feast. Does that sound like a great 4th of July, uh, low-carb, uh, high-protein meal? Anyways, he had this big old, big old party. This guy left it all, hard-working guy, to go to work. Jeremy's that way to me. He's been a great worker. I'm so proud of him and to work with him. Uh, But this guy, Elisha, ended up being the successor of Elijah, and he actually performed several miracles, just like uh, his predecessor, his mentor, um, Elijah. (laughs) Remember, Elijah comes before Elisha, and these guys were advisors to kings. God spoke to them in a miraculous way, gave them direction. 
and they were really annoying to foreign kings uh, and even even their own kings because they would tell them the truth whether they not did whether they wanted to hear it or not. Uh, that's how you know a good friend. Anyways, Elijah uh, was uh, was being pursued by a king because he kept warning another king that he was being invaded, and this army was hunting him down, him and his uh, servant, and uh, they were. His servant was terrified. He said, do you see all of these, all these, uh, these troops, these horsemen, these chariots coming after us? And uh, Elisha looks at him and says, maybe something you've heard before. He said, uh, hey, don't worry. There are more with us than there are with them. And the servant wasn't a real smart guy. He's a lot like myself. He, he did the math and he counted two and he looked out at perhaps, you know, 500 and said, you know what? I'm not feeling it, Elisha. <laughs> what are you talking about? And uh, Elisha prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, open the eyes of my servant and show him who's with us. God opened his eyes, and he saw around him uh, chariots of fire on the hills, completely surrounding Elisha. When you're walking with the Lord, you enjoy the comfort of knowing you're not alone. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And that freedom provides us great comfort knowing that we're not alone. And I, I want to add to this a little bit because it speaks a little bit to how we should conduct ourselves. Uh, once what happened was when this army got close to Elisha, he struck them all with blindness. Okay? And uh, his servant was like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get rid of them. El- Elisha was such a Christ-like leader. He said, no, let's take them into Samaria and let's feed them. Let's feed them a nice meal. And they fed them and then sent them away with kindness. Now, not everyone you win with kindness, but in this case, it worked. And they went away and never bothered Elisha again. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is comfort knowing you're not alone. Now, sometimes adventurers face uh, daunting daunting health scares. Uh, Christians... uh, or non-Christians, we all face really tough health scares. Um, and I want to invite one of our adventurers, uh, he's like an Elisha, to the people of Indonesia. He is from Sacramento. His wife's from Montana, if I have that right. And I want to have him come up and share how the Holy Spirit led he and his family through a very scary health situation. Greg, would you come on up? And uh, this is Greg Berglund, his beautiful wife, Pam. Pam, would you raise your hand so everyone can see you? They have, been, uh, they have been working in Indonesia for, I think, a couple decades. And uh, Greg, why don't you sit down and tell us the health scare that made you and your family dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Um, so we, we uh, were working at the time in a village in the Maluku, in the island of Buru, in the Maluku Islands in uh, central Indonesia. And uh, so to get there, we would go on a boat on a, they, they call it a copra boat. It's a boat that runs back and forth between the islands, bringing people and, and stuff uh, to sell. And uh, it would be, you know, between uh, uh, 20 to 36 hours on the boat. And then you'd get up on the coast and hike 
inland one day to our to our house where we were living. So that's where we were. Uh, we easy had, access is easy what access, I hear you saying. Yes. Yeah. Cut. We uh, we had uh, a radio there so that we could get a hold of our our friends out in town and and get things sent in on the boat and um, and so we were doing okay, but then the rain came, um, flooded the the roads in and out. The people couldn't get out. So we were in this village, and we were e- eating. Uh, we would send the kids out to to harvest uh, food out of the jungle, and uh, that's what we were eating every day because we couldn't get down to get food. Um, and along with the rain, um, our radio battery was going dead because we weren't getting enough solar power to charge up the batteries. And along with the rain, we had a lot of malaria. And uh, so we all got malaria, and uh, each of us, we had medicine. We all took medicine, and all of us uh, got over, got, got better, except for our youngest son, Caleb. And he just continued to get sicker and sicker. He uh, finally got to a point where he was unresponsive, um, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't walk. We had to carry him around, and uh, we couldn't get in touch with anyone uh, outside, and finally, one day, uh, there was sunshine for about three hours in the morning, and uh, so we were able to get on the radio, and we were able to talk to uh, our leadership out in town, and actually, we were able to get through to a friend of ours here in Sacramento who is a doctor there, and uh, he uh, suggested, that, and our leadership gave the go-ahead for us to go ahead and try to evacuate Caleb. So then we had to try to figure out how to get him out. And since there was, there was no, there was raining, there was no boats, the boats weren't running, the, the airplane wasn't running. So we um, were trying to get to the uh, other coast w- where we could get on a bigger boat that would, that would run even in, in the weather, in the bad weather. And uh, so finally we... Um, we're able to have our leadership contact the, the airlines, and because this was an emergency, they were able to get us on a flight, and we were able to get down to the coast where there's a little strip, a little grass strip, and we're able to get out into a bigger town. And from there, we were going to go on, or that was just Pam and, and Caleb, actually. The rest of us were still in the tribe trying to get, get, get out a different way. But uh, uh, <coughs> Pam and Caleb arrived in this bigger town and then were not able to continue on because the, f- the flight was too, too late, and uh, they missed their connection. And so uh, because of missing the connection, they weren't able to go to the bigger city where all of our friends and, and our leadership were, um, and they had to go to a different city uh, instead. Um, and... My brother uh, happened to arrive back from the U.S. just a few days before and happened to be in that city. And uh, he was able to help Pam and Caleb. And uh, (coughs) Caleb had uh, a very bad case of uh, malaria and anemia and uh, um, needed several transplants. uh, Transfusions. uh, Transfusions, sorry. And... um, 
So my brother was there and was able to get on all of the blood donor lists for Indonesia. And uh, the, the head of Red Cross actually happened to be in that same city. And so he was able to get uh, their donor lists, and he found three people who actually qualified um, because Caleb's blood type is, is it A negative? Um, Asians don't have that, and so it's a, a very rare thing in the country of Indonesia. But Doug was able to find three people who had that blood type, and they all happened to be in the same city that they were in. So D- Caleb was able to get a transfusion, and uh, so it saved his life. And then we we were there, or Pam was there for a little while and then was evacuated further to Singapore. And uh, they were there for a month, and the rest of us joined them there. And then we got back here to Sacramento, and he was in UC Davis again for another month. Um, and uh, this happened four years ago. Uh, Caleb is is very healthy again. We were able to go back, and not into the same area, but back to Indonesia and continue to serve the Lord there. Um, Caleb's here in uh, in uh, child care this morning and enjoying good health. So awesome. We just praise the Lord that uh, we we were, Pam was sitting there thinking, you know, this he's getting this transfusion. It's, this blood is going into his spleen. If he doesn't get this transfusion, he's going to die. And if his spleen ruptures, he's going to die. And uh, so it was a very scary time for us, but we, we just, in those dark hours, we just have to continue to, we know God's word, and we just have to continue to trust his spirit and follow his word that he's given us. So, And I like something you. you said, Greg, earlier in, in your written manuscript was that had, had Pam made her flight, uh, it could have yes. really put Caleb in a vulnerable situation. Yes. Had you... Yeah, explain that just a little bit because sometimes yeah. I think the spirit actually actually prevents us from yes. getting things we want so he can provide for us it's it's worth sharing so we were trying to get on this bigger boat to get out to Manado where all of our friends were and our uh, leadership and if we had gotten on that boat Caleb would have died on the boat if and so the Lord just blocked that with the weather and transportation issues um, then the flight for Pam and Caleb from the island to a uh, larger city of Ambon was delayed, and uh, they, they missed their connecting flight. And if they had caught their connecting flight, they would have also ended up in, in Manado, and there would have been no uh, blood available for transfusion for him. And God just, uh, what, you know, when you... At times, it feels like God is not working. It, it's just dark sometimes, but you know that God is still continuing to work on your behalf. Your yeah. your story, it's timely for us. Uh, our adventure family doesn't, by and large, know this. I've been g- given permission to share it. Uh, but one of our one of our adventure family members, um, Brian and Lisa Smiley, are going through a dark week. A uh, week ago, a um, week ago today, Brian was uh, diagnosed with having a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian's uh, and his wife are just a wonderful, uh, fully devoted couple to Christ. They're real uh, servants to our community and our church. And uh, he's going in for to have this tumor removed uh, this 
uh, Thursday in Redwood City, Kaiser Redwood City. Uh, they never imagined they'd experience something like this. And uh, so we're going to actually have a special prayer service here in our prayer room uh, Wednesday at 11 o'clock. If anyone wants to come, it's open to the public. Um, but how do you, I mean, when you're going through that, you can't do anything except trust in the Spirit yeah, to lead and provide. Yeah. Stay here with me, won't you, as we kind of bring things to close. Uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, even during your darkest hour. Um, the Spirit is there to help us uh, from feeling alone. The Spirit is there to guide us through tough uh, Health scares. I mean, way more than tough. <laughs> I get a little pain, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I'm a total coward when it comes to pain and suffering. I really am. I look forward to having more pain so you can laugh out loud with me. I need it. <laughs> uh, the Spirit of the Lord, where He is, He's, as I mentioned earlier, He's with everyone. He's in Christ followers, and He's upon Christ followers. Uh, especially as it relates to proclaiming our faith. In Acts chapter 1, uh, Luke the physician says that uh, Jesus told his disciples that the Spirit is going to come upon you to be my witnesses. And I, I can't help but think that one of the greatest freedoms we have as Americans that does deeply impact others is testifying of our own Jesus story, our own experience with Christ. Let me ask you, when's the last time you personally shared your Jesus story with somebody? Uh, at the appropriate time, you walk across the room and engage them. When's the last time you witnessed of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? I, wanna, I want you to, to answer perhaps why you haven't, why you've been gun-shy of that maybe. <laughs> uh, because there are developing world Christians uh, who have been unwilling to uh, withhold that testimony in the face of persecution and sometimes loss of life. Uh, I remember what um, a Russian missionary said to an American. He said, don't ever give up in persecution. Uh, what, don't ever give up in your freedom what we would never give up in persecution. And what he, who he's speaking to are American Christians who've been unwilling to verbally testify of the truth out of fear. Uh, and what he's saying is, hey, as a missionary, I've been willing to testify even to the point of death. So don't ever give up in freedom what we would have never given up in persecution. Does that make sense to you? Be bold as Christians. We can be. One of my favorite, one of my favorite prayers I want to read to you is from uh, the President of the United States, George Washington. I read this a, a month or so ago. I want you to hear it again. George Washington wrote prayerfully, Pardon, I beseech thee my sins. I'll pardon the king's English here, by the way. Remove them from thy presence as far as the east is from the west. Accept me on the merits of thy son, Jesus Christ. I have called on thee for pardon and forgiveness of my sins, but so coldly and so carelessly that my prayers have become my sin. I stand in need of pardon. Oh, can you imagine this? Uh, I have heard thy holy word. But with such deadness of spirit that I may have been an unprofitable and forgetful hearer. Cover my sins with that absolute obedience of thy dear son. That those sacrifices which I have offered may be acceptable to thee. In and for the sake of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross for me. Direct my thoughts 
words and work. Wash away my sins in the immaculate blood of the Lamb and purge my heart by the Holy Spirit from the cross, rather from the dross of my natural corruption. Increase my faith in the sweet promise of the gospel. President George Washington. Can you imagine? Are most of you just thinking, wow, he'd go to jail for that now. <laughs> Folks, how? I've talked to you about, about uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If you're not experiencing freedom, you may be experiencing slavery in some area of your life. How do you get out of the slavery and enjoy the freedom? I think the instructions are in the very passage that I read. I told you that the Spirit is with us, He's in us, and He's upon us. How do we experience that at the maximum level? Here it is. It's in the first verse. If you love me, keep my commands. Jesus is saying, if you love me, you keep my commands. How do we enjoy the Spirit fully? We pursue loving Jesus Christ and obeying His Word. We replace uh, pursuing intoxication and drunkenness with being full of the Spirit. We replace the very pornographic culture we live in by pursuing one woman, if you're married. <laughs> uh, we replace this gross materialism that's in our country with a commitment to put God first with our money. We do it. Nothing wrong with being, with being successful. I was raised in and saw a lot of success, but I didn't see success that put God first with money. Uh, we replace our... Um, our anger <laughs> with peace and love for those that are closest to us. Uh, we replace our, our uh, anger in the home and sometimes our abusive attitudes in the home with other-centeredness and service. We put others first. We consider them more important than ourselves. And young people, we honor our mother and father no matter what. We honor our seniors. We rise in the presence of our seniors when they come in. I'm not a senior yet, so don't rise when I come to your home. <laughs> But we show respect. And what you experience with that is freedom. And it's not a freedom that is a killjoy. Let me tell you, I, I, th I love the biography of George Washington. It shows this guy was an animal lover. If you haven't read the story about his brazen uh, new, uh, uh, hound, uh, Vulcan, it's a great little story. This guy had uh, his own dog kennel. He had every dog there ever was. Lots of fun. Uh, the guy was a, a fox hunter. And, uh, and a general. In fact, there's one cute little anecdote. It's totally fictitious about this conversation he and his wife have. Uh, she says, hey, did you get the boys to soccer practice? He says, no. We just went out in the backyard and shot cannons all day. I mean, he, you got to have fun. And Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, follow the Spirit willingly. And notice the kind of freedom and joy you're going to have. It's the best trade. It's the best life. Now, as we bring things to a slow close here, I want to just ask you to imagine a few things in your, uh, in your life. Imagine you're not feeling alone anymore because you realize God's angels are watching over you too. Imagine your hope when facing health problems like the Berglunds that God has the hairs on your head numbered, that he is the chief physician. In fact, one king died prematurely because he consulted the doctors without consulting the Lord. You put the Lord first when it comes to your medical care. 
Imagine yourself willing to follow promptings to witness when the Spirit of the Lord prompts you to do so. It's awesome. I was at a party last night with several folks who have church background. They were raised many Catholic. It was so awesome. One of the guys shared with me a clergy joke, and it wasn't a very good one. He should have pounded me much harder than he did. And it was so fun just to enjoy him and not be sensitive. And he was like, are you going to say anything? I was like, eh, it was good, you know, whatever. It just, it wasn't that good. I lied a little bit. It was a bad joke. N- not because he didn't, he should have hit me harder. It was just kind of a weak joke. So anyways, if you're going to do a clergy joke, practice. Be ready, Okay. Imagine loving Jesus, obeying Jesus, and enjoying life when things are awry at your home. Imagine the freedom you'll experience when you choose to love Jesus and obey that command he's asking you to obey. There may be something, an act of obedience. He's been poking you gently to follow him in. Imagine what it will be like when you join Christ in the waters of Christian baptism. Maybe that's something you've put off. We're going to have baptism here in two weeks. The first baptisms ever in this building. I promise you, they've never had any baptisms here. We're going to do it in two weeks. If you're interested, boy, fill out this card and just say, hey, dunk me. Uh, I'm ready. I put this off. It's symbolic of Christ's death and resurrection, what he did on the cross. Uh, Imagine you doing that, maybe with some other family members. And... Uh, This is not to take away from any honor that your parents uh, did when they had you sprinkled or uh, dedicated. We're not taking away from that. This is just you owning your own decision. Uh, Imagine, imagine you living in freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. There's life. There's joy. There's good living. I want you to get some. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you said it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's peace, there's help, there's courage, there's love, there's discipline. Uh, Help us appropriate how your Spirit's leading all of us so we can enjoy the land of the uh, brave, the home of the free, Uh, so we can enjoy this country. And I pray for our country's leaders. I pray that you'll be with our president, his cabinet, our legislature and even our local, state, and municipal governments here. I pray your spirit of truth, like the, the, the invisible hand of Belshazzar's day, will speak to them and call us to, to honor you and revere you no matter what.